Welcome to Powwow Live Podcast from powwows.com, connecting you with native culture since 1996. Here's your host, Paul Gowder. Good evening, everybody. Paul Gowder here from powwows.com. Thank you so much for being here with me tonight. Tonight, we have an interview with natives of the Apocalypse Noda. They are a group of theater students. I'll tell you more about that in a minute, but it's a great interview. Great group of guys. I think you're going to enjoy them. They are a group of four students that are out in Santa Fe, and they have been working together to what they've what they said, and you'll hear in the interview described as indigenizing stories that you may have know already. They're, so they're going to take some plays and some musicals, things like that, and they're going to add a little bit of native flair to them, whether it's humor or music or just some lines. I think that's a really cool twist. Uh, Bear Grease also did this recently with uh, turning Greece into a little more of an indigenous story. So really cool. And they're doing it as a group of students and really helping to uh, give students, uh, native students, a chance to act and, and perform and also a way for people to work together, get some additional credits, uh, you know, acting credits, as well as just helping put out some great indigenous stories. So I hope you'll enjoy my interview with Natives of the Apocalypse. Hey, uh, my name is Enoch Chapman, and I'm here with Isaiah St. Cyr. Uh, we are half of the NOTA group, uh, the Natives of the Apocalypse. We are a Native American performing arts group that wants to create like new Native American theater, new Native American content, uh, new Native American performances, and give a voice to you know Native Americans out in the performance world. Awesome. Go ahead. Yeah. Hi, <laughs> uh my name is Isaiah St. Cyr. I am from the Wanabrago tribe of Nebraska. Um, I am also a student at the Institute of American Indian Arts and also one of the co-founders of NOTA. And what we aim to do as a theater group, as a company, is to bring more of a indigenized version of version either if we're redoing a play that's already been done before or just bringing an indigenized experience to the people who are coming to see us in our shows love that idea there are uh i think there's some pretty exciting opportunities there to tell some stories um that are relatable but with some some twist there so i like the idea i interviewed somebody the other day and they kind of said you know, right now we're in really a renaissance of um, indigenous storytelling and indigenous uh, creators. You know, um, so how, tell me, you know, how did this come about? Is you know, is this inspired by some of the other things going on right now, or uh, you know, tell me how you all came to kind of form this group? Um, so we all are students at the Institute of American Indian Arts, and the four of us are performing arts majors. And I was really curious in terms of uh, some of the grad people who are graduating and saying, what's your plans? Like after graduation, are you, you know, are you going to stick in the area? Are you going to go out into LA? Um, I know um, Isaiah Montana and Sean, uh, the, the people other than me, they are all are actors. They all want to get into involved in stuff. And so, uh, New Mexico has been really great for that, or for especially for native performers over the past couple of years. We have the Netflix studios down here, Hulu's down here. Um, they've been looking for a lot to cast a lot more native actors. And so it's a great area to be in. 
but it's still that kind of acting competition, right? You don't really have a surety of a paycheck always coming in or, or always being able to say consistently, I'm going to have work every week because that's just the acting game. And so I was saying, well, you know, there might be another way to help create something that's exciting that allows us to keep acting, allows us to keep performing. And while you guys are still pursuing, you know, the, the movie gigs and the TV gigs and each one of the other guys has all been on films and TV shows like dark winds and the cleaning lady. Um, so they already have experience in that, but they, they got excited when we started talking about the concept of putting together a theater company and actually kind of performing different variations of, of stuff out there instead of, uh, just solely relying on the idea of always having to audition. I think there's also a perception out there that, uh, you know, if you are on a show like Dark Winds or Reservation Dogs, you're good, you're set, right? But uh, after learning <laughs> with the strike and other stuff, it's not, it's not that way, right? Right. No, it's very, it's very inconsistent. It's, it's always a hustle. And the way I see it for me is your job that you're at now is just an audition for the next gig that you're going after. And so it's always just continuous, just a continuous hustle. And it's been an experience. And I feel like with this company, that experience will kind of carry over to what we're doing now and just being able to try to expand uh, the note of brand of what we're trying to, what we're aiming for. Nice. I'm always curious to hear you know, what, what was it that inspired you guys to get into the acting and, and whatever, you know, what, were you creative as kids? Did you grow up in a background uh, that you had artists around your, you know, what was it that brought this out in you? Uh, so, um, <laughs> so uh, I was really fortunate growing up that my parents wanted me to do a lot of music. So I started off with, you know, piano lessons and then I went to drums and all this stuff. And, and I was very musical growing up. Um, a part of being like a creative in the music world is, you know, just being creative in other areas. I, uh, I did a lot of writing. I did a lot of theater stuff and I fell in love with musical theater and just theater in general. And so one of my, uh, dreams has always been, can I, can I write the great American or the, the great native American play? You know, the, we always talk about like the great American book or something like that, but like, can I write the great native American play? Uh, and so when, uh, COVID hit, I decided to go back to school, get my degree. Um, I really thought that putting together like Native American theater content would be my, my jam and I love it. I think it's awesome. Uh, so that's kind of what I started going back to school for is just try to put more Native American theater content. Up. Yeah. Isaiah, how about you? Uh, for me, um, growing up, I've had relatives who were in the industry. Uh, one of my great relatives, uh, her name was Lillian Saints here. She was one of the first native actresses in Hollywood. And my grandpa growing up, uh, he was a part of the relocation act. And so when they relocated him, it was in Long Beach, California. And so that was kind of how he started his act, uh, career. And so he would go perform with, um, over at Walt Disney with other dancers who were performers at that time. They would do that during uh, the weekends, then during the week, he would be doing uh, films. And so just like growing up and learning about all that uh, within my family, um, it just kind of gave me that 
strive and that motivation to do something similar or even more. Awesome. I, I love hearing that he was part of it. I'm, I'm a big Disney fan, so it's cool to hear that, uh, that that story. I've seen the pictures and some of the videos of some of the early things that they had with their Indian village there at the parks. Um, little known trivia, Walt's wife actually grew up on a reservation. Um, her family lived okay. on a reservation and did work there. So she actually grew up um, there. That was, that was kind of interesting. Um, Disney has a kind of a mixed uh, history with indigenous stuff. But uh, yeah. uh, well, so I have to ask as, you know, uh, an amateur music theater, my fan first favorite shows, you know, growing up, what, what was that one show that did it for you? Oh, wow. Um, so, uh, Man, I hated musical theater when I was growing up. My mom made me watch all like the Sound of Music and Carousels, all the Roger Hammerstein movies. I hated them, hated them, hated them, hated them. Uh, and so music theater didn't really train around for me until I was in junior high and I went to a music camp. And my mom signed me up for musical theater. And I'm like, I just want to drum. I just want to play rock bands. I don't want to go to musical theater. But I ended up finding out I was signed up for this musical theater program. And while I was there, uh, the guy who was my teacher, my instructor, he said, Enoch, you know a lot about this stuff, but you don't really like it. I'm like, yeah, this stuff sucks. I mean, sorry, I mean, it's crap, man. It's, I, I, don't, I don't dig it at all. And, uh, and he's, like, he's like, yeah, okay, I think you're not seeing the right things. So he put me, we're in the middle of the woods, and he put me in this dilapidated barn that had a laser disc player. And he goes, just watch this and see, tell me in the morning what you think. So it's like around 9.30 at night, puts on this laser disc, and he shows me Sweeney Todd, The Demon Barber of Street by Stephen Sondheim. And it's all about murder and revenge, and it's dark. And I remember walking out of it after everything was done thinking, I have to walk like 300 feet into, in the darkness in the world for my tent. And I'm scared out of my mind. I'm like, oh my goodness. And I remember as I'm walking, I'm going, okay, I get it. I get how a song can inspire something. I get how the story can be crafted. And so uh, Sweet Todd has always been one of my favorite. Um, the other one that kind of speaks to me, I'm a, I'm a really big Stephen Sondheim fan, uh, was Sunday in the Park with George. And something in the park with George is all about the creation of art. And so as a creative, it really helped me keep being motivated to do something more, to, to create something more. So those are the two that kind of stick out in my mind as being real powerful. But, but I have tons of favorites. I mean, I, I love it all. So, so to say, you know, what's your favorite is like saying, which, which one of your kids is your favorite, right? And I know. I know it's tough. Isaiah, so, how about you? Uh, for me, what always sticks out with anything musical like would be um fantasia that oh, would that would be the one the that version from was the early late 80s early mm -hmm. 90s that i would always watch that i don't know why i gravitated towards it i think it was just the effects the lighting the music that was behind it that gave you the emotion of what was going on and i remember it was one of the things that didn't really have no dialogue one of the that could watch that did not really have no dialogue within it and so yeah that would that would always stuck out to me fantasia very cool all right Excellent. now you guys got some projects coming up tell me a little bit about what's what's going on right now so uh in august on the 18th 19th and 20th 
we have uh, in Santa Fe, we actually are doing a production called Orphans. It's written by Lyle Kessler and it's our, it's our premiere production. So this is, this is the first of it, uh, to see what Nota is doing is to see orphans. And it's, it's about, it's a story about two brothers who trying to get out of their situation of being a little bit more poverty level, kidnap another guy and everything that kind of happens with that. So it's a, it's a comedy, it's a drama. Uh, it's just a lot of fun to kind of see what goes on with these uh, characters and everything. Um, while we were doing it, there was little moments that kind of stuck out to us as, huh, that's, that's interesting. If, if we tweak that just a little bit, that can be more of like an indigenous type of perspective on this idea. So um, one of the, for instance, is one of the things inside of it is one of the characters really loves tuna fish and mayonnaise. And we're like, you know, if we change that to like spam and ketchup, that's a lot more res type of idea than tuna fish and mayonnaise. And so let's tweak this just a little bit. Um, so we've done that. We've, we've gone through and we've tweaked things here and there to make it more of an indigenized vision, indigenized view of what's going on. And it speaks really to a lot of some of the issues that kind of are in Native American land, which is cool. Um, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. All right, and you have a Kickstarter starting soon too right <laughs> our kickstarter is going on right now okay it's actually going to be over i think it ends on the 16th oh no 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 ends and next ends next one thing um so uh yeah so our kickstarter is going to be um over in, in about four or five days um but it's been really good because we've had a lot of people respond to it. A lot of people reach out and go like, wow, this is really cool. Um, a lot of support from different people that we, we haven't met yet that's saying this is a great idea what you guys are doing with Nota. Um, so it's been really nice to see that from our perspective and especially from other people in the theater world, just reaching out and saying how much they, they like what we're trying to accomplish. That's great. I love the idea of, of helping more artists you know, have a not just an outlet for their art, but also a group where they can identify and, you know, and be affirmed in that group. That's really cool. And, and so I think about with some of the things going on in schools right now and the cutting of, of art funding and deprioritizing art in a lot of places, you know, there may be a young, young student out there watching. Um, what do you say to those people that think they want to go this path? You know, how can they continue to hone their craft even if they don't get support in their school or home? You want to take that, Isaiah, or you want me to say it? Yeah. Well, actually, Montana just jumped in. Oh, okay. So I'll let him answer that. Well, wait. I, well it goes back to a, it's the same concept as traditional Westernized teaching. Go to your elders. And you just can't stop that one elder because we always have that, uh, that effect where sometimes we're not we're born into alcoholic family and a lot of generational trauma where they don't teach it at home. But there's other outsources of like medicine people, other elders like direction. And as a youth, we can't always be lazy on ourselves because as our ceremony teaches it, it's kind of like upon yourself. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to not be lazy and grow into an adult, grow into the person you're supposed to be. And with that, ceremony can play into a vital role teaching and it's a stepping stone for western society of art because again the way they look at us is like oh that's that's a nice piece of artwork that's a nice performance so in a way performing our whole lives on a western concept 
is one aspect. So we can't always be looking at fingers to blame and looking for excuse on why we can't teaching ourselves this because that we can't be looking at ourselves the way Western is looking at us. We're not extinct. Our elders are more than alive than ever and are trying to push it. So I don't think school art and all this stuff shouldn't be an excuse for natives because we've been dealing with them since 1776. We've had 200 years of overcome, of always compromising, saying all this stuff, and and we just know as natives, they're not going to follow through with us. So why do we allow ourselves to continue to let that be an excuse and not work through it and work around it? And that's what we're doing with the theater world. We're not going to continue to wait for them to ask for native actors when they want it or native theater when they want it. We're going to take it upon ourselves. It's been, what, 200 years? I think there's a time for change and a time for adaptation. Yeah, and one of the things we were saying right before you got here, I think there it, there has been a, a real renaissance right now. So I'm hoping we have more people seeing paths that they can take in the arts, and whether it's acting or uh, writing or whatever. There, there's uh, there's some examples out there. Are you so you have your production coming up here in in a few weeks? Where else can people see you or get involved with you guys? So uh, right now we. Um... A lot of our stuff, efforts are, are gone to our Kickstarter, but we have, we're on Instagram, we're on TikTok, we're on YouTube, and you can find us all at Natives of the Apocalypse for all those things. So, you know, at Natives of the Apocalypse, um, we have a website, which is nativesota.com, um, which is, will showcase some of our upcoming ideas and shows and things like that. Uh, I will say we're, we're probably going to take a little bit of a hiatus just because we're school coming up and so trying to juggle production in school and everything is <laughs> yeah. a little bit tricky um so uh we're, we're we're planning for next summer what our next production is going to be and, and and with the graduation of some of the members of our group happening you know december and, and in um and in may we'll have a little bit more time free time to be able to actually work on it stronger so uh yeah, the, we're, we're excited about our first production, but then we're going we're, we're taking a tiny little bit hiatus and then we're going to be working on our next one. But all that news is going to be on our websites and inside of our, uh, inside of our social media channels. That's great. I'm, I'm excited for the production. Uh, can't wait to see how this goes and what the next one is. I appreciate you guys coming. Uh, anything else you want to oh, tell the viewers out there that maybe uh, wanting to see you guys? Yes, uh, we do are planning on doing workshops as well to help expand ah. the theater to show it, improvisations, dance, comedy, everything we can to share what we know. Awesome. Yeah, so if you're looking looking for ways to uh, you know, get some training and get some experience, look for these guys' workshops. That's awesome. Well, thanks, guys. I really appreciate the time. Thank you very much. Thank you, Paul, again. Thank you for giving us the time and the opportunity for this. So we appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, Paul, I heard yeah. I heard on some of your podcasts that you weren't able to make the bear grease, but you can make Noda. Like, just you he'll, he'll be busy. You know, I was I was trying to make it out there. I I I'm, she's not back yet. So Man, we pawned a whole saddle. <laughs> I pawned a whole saddle. Yeah, I was like, you know what? I gotta beat power world so let me yeah. give him some rodeo world man <laughs> i uh yeah I'm, i I'll thought you know what trying to make saddle it. for green chili 
a game of cringe, uh, green chili and beef fried just for you. Now you're making me feel really bad. Um, my I'm daughter decided to move back to school the day before, so. <laughs> next time, that that saddle. Next time, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll get, <laughs> keep keep the saddle warm for me. In the freezer. Yeah. Oh, right. right. Thanks, guys. Y'all have a great weekend. You too. Right, Thank well, you thanks, so much. Take care. Thanks. I appreciate the guys uh, coming and giving us a little time and. I hate that I'm not going to make it. I am moving my daughter back to school tomorrow. And so we'll be driving a couple hours down the road and spending the day moving boxes um, in good South Carolina heat. So I wish I was out at Santa Fe Indian Market. I'm going to try to make it next year. I hope you enjoyed the interview. Um, it was great to have them on. It's a really cool idea to, to like like we said before, to help uh, help each other work with each other learn they're they're learning and they're getting uh skills and experience getting more uh, acting credits but also really telling some cool stories so i love love what they're doing out there and i hope i can make it to one of their productions soon i hope you have a wonderful weekend think about me tomorrow it's going to be hot and it's going to be quiet tomorrow night it's been a great summer gonna be sad to have her not here but I'm excited for what is in store for her and all the things she will get to explore. So, yeah, if you want to say some prayers for her this semester, we'd appreciate that. And uh, and for me, too. But thanks, everybody, for being here tonight. Appreciate it. Have a, like I said, have a wonderful weekend. I'll see you back next week. Thanks for listening to the Powwow Life podcast from powwows.com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast to get notified of our next episode. Find a powwow near you by visiting www.powwows.com forward slash calendar. Support powwows.com by visiting www.powwownation.com. Good luck. Here's this week's trivia question. You can head over to powwowlife.com to fill out the form and submit your answer. All the right answers are entered into a drawing for a 10-sticker powwows.com sticker pack. Here's the question. This year, we are celebrating a big milestone. We have been live streaming for a number of years. So tell me, what year was the first year we streamed and what was the first powwow we streamed? If you've been listening or following our content, you should be able to find it. Good luck. Powwowlife.com to submit your answer. What was the first powwow and what year? did we first live stream. Good luck and thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next week.